0: Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you about today's guest. Our guest is Brianna Holt, an author, writer, and reporter who's just released a brand new book called In Our Shoes on being a young Black woman in a not-so-post-racial America. Brianna has spent years covering identity and race and culture for outlets like the New York Times, GQ, The Cut, Complex, and many, many more. Her release in our shoes is a memoir of essays explaining what it means to be a black millennial woman in America today and the stereotypes and preconceived notions that often shape that experience. I have dug into this book and have loved it. There's been some highlight chapters for you about burnout, about body image, about what it means to be black in a woman in today's world. She dismantles myths rooted in racist histories, and she aims to help readers learn, empathize, reflect, and act. About Brianna herself, she is, as I said, an author, writer, and reporter living in New York City. She mostly writes about music, identity, and culture, and her writing's been published across some highly recognizable publications that I've already mentioned, including BuzzFeed, The Daily Dot, Quartz, and is a features reporter for Insider. In Our Shoes is her first book. But the first book, I'm sure, of many more thought pieces from this incredible woman. We have a great conversation this week, and it all kicks off and starts with her talking about what brought her to writing In Our Shoes, what brought her to making some changes in her life that ultimately had her opting out of the struggle and opting out of burnout. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Let's not wait any longer. Let's dive right into our part one of our interview with Brianna Holt author of In Our Shoes. Brianna, I am so excited to have you today. Before we get started, I've already done an intro and talked about all the amazing things and all that you've done and the amazing person you are, but I always like to have a guest introduce themselves because how they use that language may be different from me. So, Brianna
1: Holt, so excited you're here.
0: Tell us who is Brianna.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here too. Um, I'm an author, a writer, a screenwriter. Um, and also a journalist. I hail from Dallas, Texas, but currently live in New York. And I mainly cover culture, identity, um, and Black womanhood in my writing and reporting.
0: Wonderful. So great to meet you. And everyone who's listening knows there's a beautiful intersection between everything you just said and every piece of this podcast. We talked about in the intro that you wrote a book called In Our Shoes. I'm holding it up. On being a young woman in a not so post racial America. And so I want to get into that a little bit. First question I have for you take us through what made you decide to write the book when you wrote it.
1: Yeah. So, two different things occurred when I decided that this book was necessary. Um, I was in quarantine at my mom's house in Texas, it was the height of COVID. Um, and I was doing a lot of heavy reporting on race and identity um, with the reemergence of the black lives matter movement um, during summer 2020 and so during this reporting um, I would read my drafts out loud to my mom um, and I realized my mom who is of the boomer generation she is 70 wasn't familiar with a lot of the terms um, and phrases and just conditions that and crises that I was talking about in my articles. Um, She wasn't really aware of what cultural appropriation meant in modern day. She hadn't heard of terms like blackfishing or virtue signaling. Um, And so I really started to realize that a lot of what the modern young Black woman is dealing with, there isn't a lot of literature around it with these new phrases and terms um, outside of the think pieces and opinion pieces that so many Black women reporters are putting out there. And so I felt like it was very necessary to write a book like this. Um, and especially during that time, it felt like, you know, during summer 2020, a lot of non-Black people um, and just people of different generations were really asking, you know, what is the Black experience like today? We're willing to listen and learn. And so I felt like it was a very um, timely piece to start working on.
0: Did you know Black Girl Burnout has a YouTube channel now? We created this channel to give you even more bonus content, things you will not find on the podcast, like Hey Girl Chats. This is where we build community through conversation with ordinary women like you and myself. It's informal. It's fun. We guarantee you're going to love it. Also on the channel will be affirmations dropped monthly, as well as guided meditations and all our guest interviews. So head over to YouTube and opt in by subscribing to our channel and catch all the new content. Our lives are filled with compromise, but one area a Black woman should never compromise on is her health. If you're looking for a tool that can help you find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health, check out ZocDoc. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there'll be no compromises because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. All of these doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for the ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. I've used ZocDoc myself to find members of my medical team, and it has been so easy to use and connect with the right providers for me. Go to ZocDoc.com slash BGB and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash BGB. ZocDoc slash BGB. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had one extra hour in your day, how would you use it? I know for me, I'd love to read more, spend more time with the people I love, be more efficient in what I do. But the question might be, yes, I'd love extra time, but I don't know what for or how to make that a priority. If you're looking for ways to figure out how to squeeze that extra hour in your day or how to make it a priority, how to figure out what matters most to you, therapy can help you find that. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that having a therapist has been essential to me opting out of struggle. And I would be a hypocrite as a therapist myself if I didn't talk about the benefits of therapy and how much it's helped me personally, but how much I know firsthand it helps others. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched to a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp dot com slash burnout to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash burnout. Very and still three years later, right? Still extremely timely. I don't think we've conquered all this. One of the things I like about your book is it's thoroughly researched. Like you do a mix of you know qualitative interviews with folks, you do some research and some studies, and particularly near and dear to my heart. Though the book covers everything. When I tell you all, it covers everything. It covers colorism. It covers you know, the image and the the violation of black bodies and the exploitation of black bodies. It talks about your work experience. It talks about all kinds of a range of issues. But for the purpose of this podcast, since it's called Black Girl Burnout, I want to focus in on the chapter you wrote on burnout, which is one of the more meaty chapters. I mean, the whole book is, but it's really there's a lot going on in that chapter. And in there, you talk a lot about The unique experience of burnout for Black women, which I think all of us can relate to and really was the impetus for me creating this podcast, was that Black girl burnout is very different than traditional burnout. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then I want to talk about the concept of struggle. So what did you find when you were looking at this and even in your own personal experience of burnout that made Black women's burnout so unique?
1: Yeah, I realized specifically when burnout really entered dialogue um, a few years ago, I felt like the way white corporate America was talking about burnout was, you know, long office hours um, and feeling like they had to work on the weekends and be available because we now use Slack and have constant communication through email and these messenger channels. And so when burnout really entered dialogue, I started to realize, oh, we have been experiencing burnout, at least for myself, I had been experiencing it since I started working. Um, And it's a sense of knowing that you are underpaid, um, overworked, either in the sense of you're overworked because you feel like you have to work 10 times harder than everyone else, or just the workload that is being put on you is much greater than that of your non-Black counterparts, and not being able to really see a way to move up the corporate ladder, I felt like at every job I worked in, I was putting in so much work, but was staying at the same position um, and wasn't receiving promotions or raises, pay raises. And then there's the burnout that Black women specifically receive just for microaggressions um, and microassaults and microinvalidations um, while in the workplace. And then the excessive monitoring that comes on from our bosses um, and upper management to check us and make sure that we are doing our work. Um, while we actually are performing, and the numbers and the you know the proof is there, and so I wrote about that and interviewed other black women as well um and some experts to talk about just the niche version of burnout that we experience and um, yeah, I think there's what I realized when writing this is there are ways some ways that we can kind of step back to make sure that we aren't experiencing this as much. We're lucky to be in a generation where a lot of us can work remote now, thanks to covid. And although at my current job, I do have the option to go into the office every day, I don't um, because I know I will burn out by being in those in those settings, those predominantly white spaces. So I choose to work from the safety and comfort of my home.
0: Yeah, that's definitely been a huge shift. And we see that, that when people talk about returning to work, some people are very excited, but there's a specific demographic that is very excited to return to work. And most likely it's white males in leadership positions versus folks who are entry-level workers and folks of marginalized identities not feeling it, particularly Black women, are much more happy and flourishing. And that ties into a quote I'm going to read directly from your book that you said, no Black woman, you're, you're quoting this conversation between you and Kenya Crawford, and you said, no Black woman should be in a constant state of struggle. And that is a huge part of what the creation of Black Girl Burnout was about, which is that there is a way to opt out of struggle, knowing that so many of us have been locked in that and all the ways you identified, right? You said- microaggressions, excessive monitoring, not proper compensation, overworking and being undervalued at the same time. You do a beautiful job of that just in this explanation now and in the book. And so my question to you is for yourself, you talk about your own burnout experience in that book, right? And how at every job you went to, you basically were burning out. How did you create a life for yourself? currently where you have opted out of this idea of not being in a constant state of struggle. So what does that look for you now in the life that you lead?
1: Yeah. in the life that I lead now, I'm very big into big in protecting my peace. Um, yes. By all means necessary. And so protecting your peace. And, and also there's privilege that comes with protecting your peace. As I mentioned, I have a job where I'm able to work remote. Not every black woman has that option and so I do have the choice to decide to stay at home. Um, but also you can protect your peace just by through the different relationships that we hold with people. I feel like I talk about in the book, a lot of black women feel like we enter relationships, whether they're romantic relationships, friendships, um, sometimes even with family members where we are doing a lot of serving and not being serviced in return, where it's a very imbalanced relationship. And so as I got older and even writing this book, I started to reflect on a lot of the relationships that I hold. Um, and just deciding like if this isn't serving me the way that I'm serving it, then it's not for me anymore. So I'm, um, I would say my betting skills for romantic partners are much better, um, but also friendships as well. I also don't really engage in um, unnecessary conversations and small talk and banter at work, I have learned that that doesn't serve me in any way and really much, very much exhausts me. And I've learned that, um, my contribution to those conversations can be seen very differently than the people who I'm having the conversations with. So the whole idea of making friends in the office, making friends at work and gossiping, etc. cetera, it's just something that I do not include myself in at all because I do not trust, um, HR. I don't trust a lot of the non-Black people I work with. I don't trust for my words to be um, in a Slack message and someone can just misconstrue them. So I'm very just um, when it comes to work, I do my job and I check out. Um, I also, I don't work longer than is asked of me. Um, And I, I also do not take on additional work unless I'm being compensated for it because we do have Proof that other people do receive compensation for the extra roles and tasks that they take on. And because I don't see that happening for me or for the Black woman I've worked alongside, I just don't play into this whole moving up the corporate ladder, putting in all the extra work um, because I don't see it benefiting any. It it doesn't benefit me. And it makes me think also of code switching. It's something that I've stopped doing so much in the office. I wear braids now, and that was something that I felt I couldn't do in corporate settings. But when I had my hair straight, I was still the most underpaid person on my team. And I wasn't um, excelling or moving up the corporate ladder. So it just got to a point where it was like, who is this even serving? It's not serving me. So really just finding the ways that I'm not being serviced, um, moving away from those situations and those people.
0: I love that. Definitely shows the journey to you healing your relationship with work. And when you talk about one, protecting your peace, who is asking the question, who does this serve? A lot of the times we talk about those conversations, getting pulled into them. They're not for you. They're not for you. They're not being invited to it. No one's actually caring about your answer from the perspective of how this makes you feel or how this heals or grows a relationship. Love that. Love you talking about basically the concept of reciprocity in your relationships and how you've set boundaries. You know. Plug for an episode of y'all, we had an episode called Opt into Reciprocity, where we go through how to establish reciprocal friendships, partnerships, both professional and personal. And you encapsulated that beautifully when you talked about, I now vet people in a different way. And the vetting saves you yourself a lot of heartache. The only working your hours saves you a lot of heartache and inevitably has you opting out of being in a current state, a constant state of struggle, as your book mentioned. So that's it for this segment, y'all. Stay tuned because we're not done with Brianna. We're coming back. We're going to talk about how Brianna, as this new author, screenwriter, all these things that you are doing, this established journalist, how you are creating a life of joy, both in your professional and personal lives. So stay tuned. So that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't subscribed and follow the podcast, we're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. Give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other.